by using all kinds of symbology, what is at stake? It is a big idea. A new world order where diverse nations are drawn together in common cause to achieve the universal aspirations of mankind. My question to you is, in any of your government jobs, have you ever been briefed on the subject of UFOs? And if you have, when was it? What were you told? Well, if I had been briefed on that, I'm sure it was probably classified and I couldn't talk about it. When I got out in 1989, we had cataloged 57 different species. We walked over to one side of the lab and he said, by the way, we've discovered a base. The very word secrecy is repugnant in a free and open society. And we are, as a people, inherently and historically opposed to secret societies, to secret oaths, and to secret proceedings. We are now live on the Paranormal Soup Network on Skywatchers Radio. Welcome, everybody, to a lovely Friday night on Skywatchers Radio. Joining me tonight is my co-host, Mr. Rick Osman. Rick, say hi to the folks here on Paranormal Soup Network. Greetings, Earthlings. How's that? Yes, folks. That's the, that's the, the most you're going to get out of Rick Osman at this time. For now. For now, but I'm, welcome everybody I, to a great show tonight. And uh, go, go ahead, Rick. Go ahead. Sorry. I'm looking forward to this interview actually because I I don't know much about this guy, and I like to get it from the horse's mouth. Well, you're definitely going to get it from the horse's mouth, and the guy he's speaking about is none other than Jeff Woolwine. Yes, guys, Mr. Petroglyphs in the Sky himself is going to be our guest here on this maiden voyage on Skywatchers Radio, only on Paranormal Soup Network. I kind of had to steal that from Jesse there, our maiden voyage. This is our first ever show here, guys, on the Paranormal Soup Network. And what is Skywatchers all about? What do we do here, Rick? What what is our main theme on this show so far? Well, Well, so far, since we're starting fresh, I think it is to investigate things like UFOs and people who claim to have seen UFOs and people who look up and have cameras, usually without tripods. But um, <laughs> that's just my take on it. What's your take on it, Jackal? Well, we're here to investigate. We're here to report. We're here to educate, which is the most important thing. We want to educate the public so they can learn to decipher for themselves what's real and what's not. That's part of what Skywatchers initially was meant to be when I first started kicking around the idea with Jamie about putting this show together several months back. And I'm happy to say that we've done some of that so far with our guests, and we hope to do that a lot more of that here on Paranormal Soup Network. As time grows and goes on, we're going to have amazing shows for, shows for you guys, and we're going to try to educate you with every single show. Now, tonight, Jeff Woldwine is going to educate us to Petroglyphs in Arizona. 
in the skies of Arizona, which I was kind of new to. I just started looking at his website recently. I, you know, I've heard of Jeff Woolwine. I know who he is. I've heard of uh, his, you know, the controversy, you know, with his videos. I've seen the Jaime Musan special on Jeff Woolwine, and I, I know a little bit about the guy. But I started looking at the website, and it is pretty amazing. A lot of the stuff that he is capturing. Uh, really does resemble the stuff that are carved on those rocks in Arizona. So I want to educate myself exactly how he became who he has become in ufology. And I hope everybody shares in with that education tonight and we could uh, leave here at least knowing you know a little bit more detail about what's going on in Arizona. Whether it's true or not, make up your own minds. That's the whole point of Skywatchers is for us to show you all the evidence and all the facts and let you guys decide for yourself whether you want to believe this or not. We're not here to push any subject down anybody's throat, and we're definitely not here to bash or debunk, but we're here to just educate and give you all the information possible. And tonight we hope to do that with Mr. Jeff Worldwine, and it's going to be a ton of fun because I really think that, you know, he is uh, maybe onto something. What do you think, Rick? Well, I don't know. I haven't looked at his stuff, actually. That's why I want to talk to him and get it firsthand. You know, if he's got a good side, I'll take your word for that, and I'll be looking for it while we're getting him online and stuff so this is uh, like you said our maiden voyage and in this particular case i haven't done my homework which is unusual for me but yes shame on you as the main co-host here on sky watchers radio you should do a little homework yeah Maybe a couple <clears> yeah yeah well as you know i've been delving into the network business stuff pretty steady the last few days and uh it's kind of kept me occupied anyway. Yes, it has. And you know what? Let's tell the folks a little bit about what we're doing here with the Paranormal Super Network and what exactly the Paranormal Super Network is going to mean for Internet radio. What we're trying to do, folks, is we're trying to bring you, the listeners, radio like you've never heard before. You know, it's going to be like if you're listening to terrestrial radio, but on the Internet. But better because it's clearer. You're not going to get any <laughs> of the fuzzy signals that AM radio has. Which, honestly, and you know, with terrestrial radio, they have to pay bills, so there's a crap load of commercials. You're not going to get that here. In fact, you know, there will be commercials, you know, from time to time, obviously, but it's not going to be like Coast to Coast, for example, which is five minutes of content and 20 minutes of commercial. You're not going to get that here. And six minutes of bumpers. Oh, wait, how'd they do that? Um, but, yeah. And part of the network stuff is, in fact, selling ads and trying to pay everybody for their participation here. But uh, like you said, we're going to do limited commercials, limited commercial support. So, Well, guys, we are going to be here with Jeff Oldwine shortly. He's going to be on the show here probably at 1020. 1020, 1025. And we're going to get to know exactly who this man is and what he's all about. But... On Skywatchers Radio, we do have a couple things that we like to do, and one of those things is, of course, well, read some news. <laughs> Go for it. You have any news you want to share with us, Rick, or am I going to be doing all the news tonight? Uh, well, let me see. Actually, this is not Skywatching related, but I was reading an interesting thing a while ago about Independence Day. This was on Yahoo News, and basically it said that Researchers at the National Archives had discovered in an early draft of the Declaration of Independence that Thomas Jefferson had erred. In his initial draft, he described the residents of these new United States as subjects, 
and in the later drafts he corrected it to citizens and used citizens throughout after that. But in his first draft, he was so caught up in being under the monarchy that he addressed everybody in the U.S. as subjects. Oh, wait, maybe it's still true. I don't know. Riveting. Yeah, anyway. Yeah. Riveting. Not at all Skywatcher's news, but... No, no, at all, but... It is I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll save that for the political show. Yeah, good. That's a good idea. Here, I got some Skywatcher-related stuff. In fact, a uh, guy who's been on the scene for a little bit here, Mr. Dennis Whitney, is going to quit after alleged threats. Have you have you heard about this story yet, Rick? I, I just heard a bit of it. I didn't see the whole story. Well, it appears uh, that Mr. Whitney has you know been on some shows talking about the BP oil spill and... Well, it's caused a little bit of trouble. He's been getting harassed and had threats, uh, I guess, aimed at his life. So he's actually quitting. He's not going to be talking about ufology or about the oil spill or anything anymore. He's going to go away in a little bunker somewhere and just hide out. Kind of like Ted Kaczynski style, you know, just uh, in a wood somewhere, in a cabin. Hey, I'm already there. Yes, you are. In fact, this, but, uh, in fact, this isn't even me you hear, so never mind. No, it's not. No, no it's not. But this is weird, man. It says, uh, I'm going to read a, a quick article, article here, and I'm going to post it in the uh, chat also as I'm reading it. Hopefully I'm coming in loud and clear to you guys. If not, oh, well, you're going to have to deal with it tonight. But here's the article. Check that out. And it reads here, it says, It's come to my attention that my efforts to speak the truth about the subject of UFOs 911 and most probably the golf situation has garnered the attention of those w that would rather not have you hear such things. This has further led to the supposed contract on my life. This is uh, this may be overblown, he says, or it may be for real. But the communications and the communications uh, that he puts here have been very serious, and they and he says that he's had uh, his own guides tell him uh, that this isn't a game. He says, but its arrival in my life has prompted some needed changes at a time that seems oddly well timed and appropriate. I think you will understand, he puts here. I wonder what kind of threats they're making. I mean, I, I know he's been talking a lot about the oil spill, but so has everybody else, and I haven't got any threats yet, and I've said some damning things about the the players that are involved in the oil spill in the Gulf. But I still haven't had anybody knock on my door. No, me neither. Uh, in fact, I haven't found any tracks around the house or anything. But, no, um, nothing. And, and as you know, I've really been stirring some pot. No, wait, that's the wrong way. Um, yeah, stirring things up with the oil spill and and a few other, shall we say, conspiratorial factors. Well, I can tell you, I can tell you this much. Uh, we've been stirring the pot <clears throat> for several months on our show, especially with our, you know, sidekick on Mondays, Mr. Jesse Randolph, who's gone on uh, several rants. And, uh, you know, we, we've touched on some subjects that, uh, you know, if there are really people out there that want to silence people, we've touched on some subjects that, uh, you know, would get us silenced. And so far, nobody's knocked on my door. I'm kind of waiting for that day that, I, that a black car pulls up and a couple of guys dressed in black actually walk out of the car and they start knocking on my door and asking me, uh, are you Jackal? Do you host several shows on the radio, internet? And are you talking about controversial subjects you should not talk about? But yet, I haven't had that. 
I want that. I want that experience. <laughs> Bring it on, guys. I want Be to careful what you wish for. But well, you know what? I, you know what? Unless they do the little flashy thingy, you know, thing from the Men in Black that they erase my memory, I don't want that. But if they don't do that, I want the experience. Yeah, I uh, I did see three black SUVs go by close together yesterday. So who knows what'll happen? I don't know, man. All I can tell you is that the oil spill is getting crazy. It's uh really starting to you know creep me out a little bit because it's starting to look like uh they're not really i don't think caring enough to fix this thing uh from what i'm seeing it i think the bp just wants the the oil to run out eventually so they could just then you know go about the cleaning process and you know that's going to take how, how many years to clean all that oil up who knows that's going to take a long time to clean the entire golf up it seems to me, and this is just my personal opinion here, that they're just, you know, letting the well dry out, basically. And that's a scary thing, uh, because who knows how much oil is in that thing. Well, there's probably a billion gallons of oil in there, but uh, but they're going to, I mean, the, their whole operation right now is to drill two relief wells and suck it off from a different direction, um, which will probably work eventually. And I use that word eventually very loosely, because... They're saying it'll be sometime late next month. I'm sorry, yeah, late next month in August before they actually get that accomplished. Ah, another month. Just think about that. How many gallons of oil is coming out of that that hole? I mean, how, how many gallons per day is coming out? I don't care what the last study was. Their numbers are physically impossible through a 19-inch well, yeah, pipe. Yeah, uh, well, that, there's that. But let's just hypothetically speaking, let's say it was you know that me- that much oil really spilling out. Even though we know you know really reality speaking, it's probably three times as much. Uh, but let's say hypothetically speaking, there's only like what was it six six hundred barrels a day or whatever it was. What was the, the no? They were saying sixty thousand, which I find 60, entirely plausible. Sixty, not no, not sixty sixty thousand. That's not right. Not 60,000 barrels. It was, um, the way I figured it up, it was about 160,000 gallons. So divide that by 42 and you have barrels. Well, now just think about this, Rick. Uh, another month of that. Another two months of that. I mean, what is this going to do to our, to you know, to the ocean and the Gulf? What is this going to do to our ecosystem? Nothing. <laughs> I mean, it's already a damage now. Imagine another month of this. The oil isn't doing the damage. It's the damn dispersants that they're putting in it that's causing the damage. If they'd let the oil run and gather it up, it, everything would be all right. But they're not doing that. Well, I don't, I don't know about out that. Of sight, I mean, out all, the, all these poor animals are dying because of this oil. I mean, the ecosystem is taking a pretty brutal hit because of this oil. Yeah, it is. And it's the dispersants are making it worse. If they plug the damn well and leave the oil alone, it will eventually evaporate and the tar balls will sink. They'll get on the sand and be covered up and everything will be fine in a matter of a few years. Now... Having said that, putting the dispersants in there kills the damn water itself. So, ban the dispersants. Uh, yeah, well, there's that. Uh, I don't know, man. All I know is uh, it's getting kind of scary, the, the whole thing. Uh, I mean, BP really should go out of business after this. Uh, once, you know, they, they settled this hole and they plug it or whatever it is they do to stop the spill, uh, really the end result should be there should be no more BP because, honestly, they should have had a, a, a fail-safe. Uh, in case something like this happened. In fact, when stuff like this happens, that kind of tells you, yeah, but it failed. So it it wasn't a fail-safe, it was just a fail. So this kind of stuff happens, this kind of tells you, uh, I mean, knocks you right in the head, guys, that maybe we shouldn't be doing this kind of drilling down in that deep of an ocean without having all the little 
details figured out first. We're not technologically ready to be doing those kind of drillings that deep down there. Yeah, they had Apparently. they had four four different layers of fail safe, quote unquote fail safe, all and approved all by failed. the government. All approved by the government. Right. They all failed at once, which is statistically impossible, my contention is. And oh yeah, there's the black SUVs again. It was freaking sabotaged. I believe it was too. I gotta I gotta agree with you on that. I think it was sabotaged. And you know what is not sabotaged though? A break. And we're gonna take a break right. now, guys. Let's cool. let's go ahead and do that. Let's take a little break. Pause for the cause, because I know the Osman has to probably get up and uh take care of business. Welcome. Come check out Future Theater Radio, hosted by the wonderful Bill and Nancy Burns. If the name sounds familiar, that's because Bill Burns was the host of UFO Hunters on the History Channel, and Nancy Burns runs UFO Magazine at ufomag.com. They started up a new show produced by Land Land Fear called Future Theater. It started about a month and a half ago, and I gotta say, they are doing some amazing shows there. Fantastic interviews and just great information that they are getting out to the people. Their shows air live every Saturday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time. And you can tune in by going to futuretheater.com. All their past shows are there in the archives, so you got some catching up to do. Future Theater Radio is going to be the next big thing in paranormal and UFO radio. Don't miss out on this great opportunity to be with them from the start. I'm Jamie Havikin for Future Theater Radio. Take care and keep your eyes on the sky. This is Dr. David Lewis Anderson, and you are listening to Sky Watchers Radio TV. Is the world coming to an end in 2012? Have aliens visited the Earth? Do ghosts haunt the living? Is time travel possible? Is there a government conspiracy to keep the dark truth hidden? Former Yahoo executive and lifelong student of the secret and suppressed Jesse Randolph asks the tough questions to bridge the gap between corporate America and new science. There are astronauts, and then there are euphonauts. Join Jesse Randolph in the truth journey, Saturday night, 9 to 10 on KPAM 860. to check out our Paranormal Radio Network, ParanormalSoup.com. Click the globe, it'll bring you right into our site. You can sign up, join up, get your own profile, and do with it as you like. It's a social network with a radio network at its core. It's the first of its kind, people, and has some of the best ufology and paranormal and entertainment radio shows out there. ParanormalSoupNetwork.com Be a part of this great evolution 
of social and radio networking. Don't miss out. Go sign up right now. ParanormalSoupNetwork.com Don't forget to check out the Reckoning Game Radio Show, a.k.a. Starship Smell Prize, with your host, Captain Smell, so good, and international co-host, Sayonai, only on the Paranormal Soup Network. What's up, baby? Oh my God, you are looking absolutely wonderful this afternoon. Girl, it's My name is Thin C. It's a pleasure to meet you, baby. So I can talk to you Yeah, that's better I see you stressing away But you've been covering it good You just a sexy little chick That love to run through the hood Smoke on the good Pose on the hood To the hottest ride Hummer on 29 And swear it should be a crime For lames without a dime Now holler his lame lines Want a real man to save you From this childish behavior Give you loving Push your buttons like a phone operator Teach you something and keep you coming Without obligations You wanna see a new world when you step out your door You ain't afraid to show your nigga that you down this floor Create a line of separation from you and the whore I can tell from your conversation You're so much more So baby, you graduating, I'ma take you on the tour Ain't no need to be afraid that it's a thug to the core About to take you away from these American shores And show you some real love from the Mile High Club Come on, if you feeling my vibe then it's all right to love me. Make sure your mind right, baby, and I got you. Girl, it's nothing. Keep it real and really love me. You can roll, baby. Come with me. Hey, but if you came to play hate, then you can go and just leave me be. Congratulations, girl. You done got away from mama. Now you're all up in the club, shaking ass and causing drama. Fresh piece of meat, roaming through the city streets. We love it, cause a nigga never mind it being the third or fourth to touch it. Yeah, she's only 23. Pussy supposed to be clean, a lubricated machine. Tight and sweet with a lean. Could go to school or make green. Roaming the streets with a dream, serving the pimp plenty cream. Yeah, this world is mean. Niggas be down for a scheme. I hold it down for a queen. Won't let her frown for a thing. She understand I'm a king. She put in work for the crown. She ain't a bitch, she a hound. Keep shit legit to be down. She know the best, sniff around. Ain't got no time for no drama. Going on vacation this summer. Five different places this summer. The lucky seven is your number. She got the muscle to hustle. Up the pipe for the struggle. Blow the cushion, we snuggle. She blowing these lame hoes bubbles. Yeah, if you feeling my vibe, then it's alright to love me. Make sure your mind right, baby, and I got you. Girl, it's nothing. Keep it real and really love me. You can roll, baby. Dedicated bitches hate it cause you're putting it down You elevated like a Trump Tower skyscraper Now I got to swoop you in school You on how to get this paper paper. Use a hottie and you know what you do me like Your body is as smooth as the moonlight I wanna party with you baby, it's alright Let's take a ride now baby, close your eyes If you feeling my vibe then it's alright to love me Make sure your mind right baby and I got you Girl, it's nothing Feeling my vibe, then it's all right to love me. 
years ago, under the direction of President Harry Truman and in the interest of national security, a group of 12 top military scientific personnel were established. This group's primary objective was to desensitize us to the truth and to suppress the material evidence that our planet is being visited by a group of extraterrestrial biological entities called the Greys. Elusive is confusing and reality becomes illusion If I show the masses where we was at and where we was going I'd shatter the social balance of the world as we know it I'm talking about the grand deception of 1947 When our souls were sold to the heavens For technologically advanced weapons Crystal enhanced brain implants and mind control methods MJ-12 is not majestic And the focal point of our problems on this planet are not domestic You can accept it or be stupid and be a skeptic And fail to recognize the secret society's deathless 97% of our presidents were masons Responsible for laundering trillions of dollars from the nation For the construction of underground military installations Abductions and cattle mutilations Experiments on human patients That take place in several subterranean bases 150 stories below a basement With knowledge of genetic information You need to fear science, not Satan Cause through the manipulation of certain biological agents They create strange creations Top secret special operations Low frequency sounds and lasers People like Carl Sagan That didn't believe in the Drake equation We're trying to keep Western civilization On a need to know basis Well you need to know that this is the game And we're being portrayed and played in the worst way From Genesis 126 says, let us make man in our image under our likeness. First of all, who's they? You see, if God was truly a single entity, that's not what he would say. We as the Elohim, gods and goddesses, possess a marvelously monstrous subconscious. Life forms to speak in very high-pitched sounds and squeaks, short staccato clicks and beeps, a highly advanced form of speech. Even though to us it seems like they only chatter in their teeth, they used to swim deep in the oceans beneath, till they fins transformed into limbs and they started to creep. Then they evolved into mammals with feet and walked right from the shorelines onto the beach. They use gravity, cause it's actually the only force around That could slow time and the speed of light down The energy grid network opened the gateway from Earth To any point in the universe Living organisms in various geomagnetic gravitational anomaly areas Space expedition teams in the lunar regions Reported seeing scissor pyramids and tetrahedrons Liquid-filled shoes is what they use To walk across the moon without leaving a clue Of where they've been for the past 23 billion years before life on the surface even appeared I hope you become aware What I'm spitting in your ear Was intended to stimulate your left brain's hemisphere I know it sounds weird All these motherfucking answers and questions To the grand deception
And we're back live on Skywatchers Radio on Paranormal Soup Network. Welcome back, everybody, to the show. And now it's time. Rick, are you ready? I'm ready, man. I hope Snotty's ready. I hope Snotty is ready. It's time to get Mr. Jeff Woolwine on the show here. Now, Jeff, like we said before, is the owner of the website PetroglyphsInTheSky.com. He's been recording sightings that he's had over in Arizona for a few years now, a couple years now at least. And he's actually been featured on Jamie Musan's very famous show you know that uh, that he does. Of course, Jamie Musan is a good friend of the show here and a good friend of uh, UFO TV and the good folks that we work with. But... He has been on the news. His videos have been a little controversial. He's recorded a ton of stuff. He's been all over the place. The website is very cool. Petroglyphs in the Sky. You guys have to check that out. So let's give him a very warm welcome, Mr. Jeff Woldwine. Snotty. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Immediately, immediately, sir. Hey, Jeff, it's good there? to be here. Yes, it's there good to go. be here from a from a hot Arizona desert. Thanks for having me on your show. Did all or, an, did all the parts beam in here. with you? Did, That's be a good sure question. Yes. Did, did you beam in all in one piece? It's very important. We need we need to have <laughs> Jeff Full Wine in one piece tonight here. Okay. <laughs> Check yourself. Are, are you all in one piece? Yes. You good, right? Yeah, yeah. Am I breaking up? Okay. No, okay, so your good. ass is not on backwards. You don't like space balls. The ass sometimes, you know, it, it's, it's an embarrassing situation. <laughs> it's not beaming <laughs> backwards. I hope not. I hope not. Jeff, welcome to Skywatchers Radio, man. It's an honor to have you on here. You know, I've been following your work for the last uh, year or so. I've, you know, I've heard about the Petroglyphs in the Sky website, and I went on there. And you have a bunch of stuff on that you've done. Uh, the audience is excited to have you on here. You know, thank you for being on here with us tonight, man. Thank you for having me. It's an honor to be here. Now, for the audience that might not know exactly what petroglyphs in the skies are and they might not know exactly about your story and what you've been capturing out of Arizona, give us a little bit of a, of a background detail on who you are and what you've been doing, bro. Well, um, my name is Jeff Lowine, and I am a, a resident here in Phoenix, Arizona. <laughs> Excuse me. Though I, I have traveled, you know, many places around the country, um, I've been seeing UFOs for about 15 years now, and the latest ones happened right around 1999, year 2000 to 2002, give or take. Um, I was living in New York, and I saw uh, a few orbs fly over the apartment, and after 9-11 in 2004, I ended up coming back down here to Phoenix, and I noticed... Um, that uh, the lights, the Phoenix lights, were still going on here, and I was doing a lot of studies on UFOs, and I've, over the last 15, 16 years, I've done a lot of research on UFOs, um, from biblical schools to the Roswell incidents and things like that, and what really astonished me is these things kind of like to hang around mountains. Now, when I was living here in Phoenix in 2004, I saw a uh, news um, or a like a little 
a TV show here on a local channel, and they were talking about the rock art on the mountains here. And immediately, a light bulb went, went above my head, and I was like, wait a minute, we have strange lights in the sky, now we have strange markings on the rocks out here. There has to be a connection. So I ended up doing a, a lot of research here in the Valley of the Sun, and a lot of sky watching, and um, I really have nothing else to do, really, uh, but sit here and, and watch the skies and watch the mountains. So that's basically what I did. I staked out South Mountain oh, for about a couple of years there, and what I saw was just amazing. And I was also seeing the Phoenix lights out there, and I noticed that these, these uh, orbs, these lights of orbs, these are hanging around power plants. And it's interesting that they're hanging around a certain power plant out here by South Mountain is because this is boiled down into a fault line. Now, doing my studies and doing my research, I've come to find out that these UFOs actually, in my opinion, is absorbing the energy from the fault lines of the mountains here around the Valley of the Sun. Cool. You know, that actually would make a lot of sense, uh, believe it or not. Uh, I mean, they have to repower eventually, so, I mean, that would be actually be a perfect spot to repower uh, their crafts. Now, what exactly... Uh, what, what's the oddest kind of crafts that you've been capturing? You, have you been capturing a lot of orbs, or what's the like the most oddest stuff you've captured on film? Well, you know, I I went into this, you know, with an open mind. Um, I've I've been seeing these things, you know, way before I started hunting them down. So I knew something was going on in our skies. I was just trying to figure out what it was. Um, when I started actually seeing them on a regular basis, I, I still see them to this day. They're, they're always flying over the house. And I've come to the conclusion that these aren't spacecrafts at all, that what I'm witnessing out here and what many people from around the world, especially in Mexico, is another life form, if you will. Um, we're seeing worm-type creatures, serpents. Uh, we're seeing orbs. We're seeing crooked snakes. Uh, we're seeing flying crosses. Um, none of this, in my opinion, represents a solid craft with like a spaceman inside from Alpha Centauri. What the Native Americans say here is these are spirits of the earth and sky, and they actually dwell within the mountains here. So as far as the Indians are concerned, these things have always been with us and continue to this day. Cool. Now, Rick, do you have uh, any, any questions before I ask my next question here? Well, yeah, actually, I, I just went to Jeff's site for the first time, Jeff. I apologize for not doing my homework a little more. But I've uh, <laughs> the uh, the particular petroglyph that you cite, the one that has, uh, it's roughly um, chest high. It has a, a string of six deer with a hunter at each end, and then you also show... Uh, the Bowman, you, you show the entire petroglyph, but um, mm -hmm. I've I stood in front of that one myself. Right. Uh, Ten years, uh, twelve years ago, something like that. And oh, that's uh, great. That's great. I never made the connection that you have, but then I wasn't out there at night, and I only had about ten minutes to look at this thing firsthand. I've right. studied mm -hmm. pictures of it a lot on the internet, but I've never. Other than that 10 minutes, which was kind of like I was actually lost, saw the sign, headed up there. Um, and, you know, I didn't get to study it nearly as much as I would like. There's also a figure on there that resembles a boat with a sail. I don't know if you caught that one. but um, Yeah, that's rock, very interesting. 
there's a that rock face. Yeah, it's real interesting in the desert of Arizona, but um, that rock um, has cracked in historical times, and nobody right. really, really knows why. But it spalled off another figure that's right above that used to be right above and to the right of the Bowman, and it was. Um, I, I don't know, I'd call it an ellipsoid or maybe a saucer-like craft, but it's actually right. a very old photograph. Um, one of the first photographs taken in the Phoenix area. Um, so I guess where I'm going with this is the natives, um, whether they were Apache or Hopi or whatever tribe they were that actually made these engravings because probably more than one tribe worked on this thing over the years your contention is that a lot of these figures on this stone represent things they saw flying around or in a couple of cases walking around is now, do you, do you, do you yeah, these things could be like uh, the, the rods that your um, Jose Escamilla was promoting a few years back well, uh, that's very interesting. Um, <clears throat> let's uh, let's backtrack a little bit. Um, the Indians that were here were called the Holocom, and the word Holocom um, means the people who are gone or the people who went missing. Now right. they are named they are named from the Pimas. The Pimas consider themselves ancestors to the Holocom, but there's really no you know there's no proof to this. But the Pimas do consider themselves ancestors to the Holocom. Now, what the Pimas say is the Holocom, along with the Mayans, were here in the Valley of the Sun. There was sun worship and gold idol worship that was going on here, and many sacrificing for, uh, for the gods of the earth and sky, much like we see in, in Mexico. Now, for some strangers, uh, the Holocoms were the best um, in canals. They were the masters of canals, and it was the best canal system in that day here in Phoenix, Arizona. The sacrificing and things were going on for about close to a, roughly a thousand years until one day the sacrificing stopped for reasons unknown. Um, that's when the land started to become dry and desolate. Now, this, it wasn't all dry and desolate like this. It was more like a tropical landscape. Matter of fact, when you look on some of the photographs on my website, Pitch Blitz in the Sky, you can see some um, dried out riverbeds. So there was plenty of water flowing through the mountains here, and it was more like a tropical landscape than anything else. But the sacrificing had stopped, and the spirits, um, the sun devils, if you will, got uneasy, they got restless, and they actually took these people away. And that's what the uh, the Apaches and the, um, the Hopis say, that the devil came from the east and took these people away. Now, this is interesting because the rock art, the petroglyphs, show these like beings, either serpents or flying bulls, if you will, picking people up by their heads and carrying them off into the sky. Now, where they took these people, we don't know. But clearly, they wasn't to come back. Now, there was survivors to this Holocaust, and they hid within the mountains. They hid in caves, and they were witness to what was going on. And when it was all over with, they gathered up all their gold, all the gold idols and all and all their precious stones that they worshipped, and they buried them in tombs up here. And in my excavations over five years on South Mountain, I have found seven tombs. One tomb you can find on my website, petroglyphsinthesky.com, 
and you can clearly see on how the government how the government is protecting this tomb, and you can actually see on how the rocks have been broken up and slid over. Now, after they had buried their 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 sacred objects, they went back to Mexico, vowing never to come back into the Valley of the Sun, because if they did, they knew eventually they'd have to go back to war with these spirits of the earth and sky. And when you look at the rock art out there, you can clearly see that there was a battle here. And it looks like we had many different races here going against these sky creatures, if you will. So, in a sense, we had some good aliens here, and then we had some bad aliens here. Okay. Well, yeah, you know, that's, that actually leads right into my question here, Jeff. Uh, you know, you're saying that these could be living creatures. Uh, conceivably, maybe the uh, folks that were around at that time misconceived or misinterpreted what they were seeing, and these were just, uh, you know, UFOs or alien crafts, and not so much life forms, but, you know, beings inside a craft that were abducting people and taking them away. I mean, throughout, you know, history, we've had reports of... Uh, uh, you know, of people being taken by crafts and, uh, you know, crafts being involved with, especially the Indians and the Hopis and stuff. And uh, there's a lot of lore in, uh, in the, you know, in these backgrounds, I guess, in, the, in their mythology that has to do with, with crafts of some sort. Even in the Bible, you know, Ezekiel's wheel. What the hell is Ezekiel's wheel? Well, it's a craft, really. It's a wheel in the sky. That's right. And it seemed to have, you know, if you keep reading in, in that Ezekiel, it says when, when the spirits moved and the creature moved too. You know, they call them, call them creatures with many eyes, you know, and had different likenesses and stuff. It was shape-shifting, much like what these things do in the sky here in Phoenix, Arizona, and much like what the Indians talk about is, is these shape-shifters. Now, these things, in my opinion, in studying biblical scrolls in the Bible and, and other people in history who have dealt with these things, they come to find out, they call them angels. You know, they, they call them the fallen ones. They call them, some of them call them Nephilim. Now, it's interesting because the, the rock art out here on South Mountain is the same story is in the book of Genesis. We have, the, we have the giants. We have the worship of these serpents, you know. And clearly, this is what I'm filming in the sky today is, is flying worms and flying snakes. And you asked me earlier what was the best one I've ever seen was probably that one spider-looking, turtle-looking thing, man. <laughs> it was black, and it had a, a few arms on it, and it swooped out of the sky down, and it flew by my window. And that, that video made video of the day here in, on Channel 3 in Phoenix, Arizona. It was a hot topic, you know, a few years ago. And it still is today, because it's unexplainable, and you can clearly tell that it's not a balloon. And it's, in my opinion, when you slow it down and zoom it in, it's shape-shifting, and it even looks like it has skin to it. So, in my opinion, in witnessing these things, I don't believe that there's an alien being inside these things. I think what you're looking at is the creature itself. For instance, all these lights we happened in 1997, the Phoenix Lights event, there was a string of lights that happened over the mountains. Now, it, it got blown way out of proportion. Everybody thinks to this day that a craft went over the city of Phoenix. Well, if this is the case, then how come we only have four videos on, on this sighting? And when the videos are shown, where is it? It's over the landscape. It's over the mountains. There is no downtown Phoenix, and plus we only have four videos. And if it did go over the city of Phoenix, you would think there would be more videos, you know, on this. And they didn't move. What, the, what they did is they popped in, they did a spread for about five to eight minutes, and then they popped out. 
All right, they didn't move across the city. They just popped up over the mountains, and everybody saw. So what had happened, and it happened in Tucson, it happened in Phoenix, and I believe it happened in Globe. And in my opinion, I'm watching these things, is they simply, they jumped from the mountains of Tucson. They did a spread out there. They collected their energy. Then they came over to Phoenix. They did their spread. They collected some energy. Then they went to Globe. They did their spread, collected some energy. They didn't fly like a craft from all the way across the state, like like many believe to this day. That didn't happen at all. The light simply just popped in the sky unexpectedly, did a spread, and then went out, and that was it. But, Jeff, and, let me ask you, if these things are, are living life forms and not crafts, uh, I mean, why haven't we had more people spot these things? I mean, I'm sure they're, they're not just hanging around in Arizona. I'm sure these things yeah. are flying around all over the place if they're really, you know, living creatures. Right. Well, they are. Um, ever since, you know, well, I've been watching them since, you know, 2005. Well, yeah, you know, I've been recording them anyway since 2005 and actually studying them. I have found four spots here in the Valley of the Sun where these things pop up on a regular basis. Now, they're there all the time. It's just they don't make any noise, and they're very silent. And so people are missing them. Why? Because they're not looking up. They're going along their every, everyday business, and they think that everything is okay. Not okay. There's things going on in the sky, and people need to start looking up and paying attention. Once this happens, they will realize that, yes, there is something going on in our skies, and maybe they'll see a little bit more. You know, And then they'll convince them, wait a minute, <laughs> that looks like a flying snake. You know, What is the spaceship here? You know? This leads to a deeper question then. I mean, do you think there's a deeper meaning to why we're witnessing these, or you're witnessing at least these uh, creatures? I mean, do you think there's something that's about to happen that they're starting to show up again? Because, I mean, last time, you know, they were, I guess, around, they were taking a lot of these uh, Native Americans. So uh, is there a chance that they're, you know, going to start taking folks away again? Absolutely. You know, history seems to, to repeat itself. You know, that's, that's been going on for thousands of years. And the Mayans clearly say this. You know, the Indians say, well, we're in the fourth world. We're about ready to enter the fifth. You know, it's going to be a whole new dawn. It's going to be a whole new age. This Mayan calendar is stopping. Well, it, it's, it's ending this cycle in 2012, but it's not the end of the calendar. It just repeats itself. And that's what a lot of people have problems on. They think, well, it's the end of days. You know, no, it's not. It's just a new beginning. So, and I think... As time goes by and as years progress towards this, this date, 2012, we're going to be seeing a lot of UFOs. Because I believe, in, in my mind, on what's going on here around the world is they're gathering forces. Well, we don't, what's going on here is a little mini UFO invasion that, that a lot of people don't realize is happening. But when it all happens, when it all goes down, they're going to be into a shock. Now, it's interesting. We can learn from the Indians of the past. You know, if they moved away, then we can find the place, you know, where they moved to. You know, they would take their belongings. But yet they left everything here and simply vanished. So I think, in a way, this could happen in our future, you know. And then the people that did see this, they hid in, in, in underground, much like what the government and everybody else plans on doing when the stuff goes down. They're all going to hide underground, you know. And it's interesting because this rapture that everyone is talking about, it says, in a blinking of an eye and a puff of smoke, we will be caught up to meet the Lord in the sky. All right? And for years, I've been overlooking this. It says, caught up. We will be caught up, caught up. Well, hold the phone. Wait a minute. What happened to the Indians? They were caught and brought up. You see where I'm getting with this? 
And with all these orbs flying around our skies, it wouldn't, and these serpents, it wouldn't surprise me one day these things start swooping down and trying to catch these people to bring them up into the sky. That's just one theory. Huh, interesting. Uh, Jeff, uh, stick around. Hold on one second, guys. We're going to go on a little break, and we'll be right back here on Paranormal Soup Network with our guest tonight, Mr. Jeff Woolwine of Petroglyphs so in the Sky. It's kind of hard being Snoop D-O-double-G But I, I somehow, somewhere Keep coming up funky-ass shit Nearly every single day Can I kick a little something for the G's Mike, a few friends is a breeze through Don't you know it's two in the morning And our party's still jumping Cause my
See you nervous and full of some stage fright You need this shit together You chasing the same way And that drama shit, whatever I'm down for the same thing, cuz Business. 
business. I'm about my business. I can't even sleep, man. I think I got a sickness. Can I get a witness? Someone please help me. Contagious to a winning. Yeah, I think I'm Michael Thompson. No one should be testing me. You should be respecting me. Someone's fucking hexing me. Someone passed that text to me. They think they think it's glorious. Speak like notorious. Hard as a warrior. Axe on what the story is. I'm tripping like I'm 50. I'm smoking like I'm wheezy. I'm rhyming like I'm crazy. And still they don't believe me. Now pass me some gasoline and don't forget the matches. I will set up bread backwards in this practice. I am active. I love this rap shit. I'm on the faces like a lion can. Chest made of Iron Man. Me and Stark partying. Now see me when you see me, dog. I'll see you when I see you. A couple houses later with some Lambos in the season. Now I'm about my business. We on the same page. I'm the sickest on anybody's fucking great day. I'm about to rip shit, so say this shit with me. I like getting money, making it complete. Skywatchers Radio, sorry, I had, my, I had my mute button, so I was going on here, uh, welcome everybody back, and nobody heard me. Uh, <laughs> the beauties of live right. radio. Anyway, we're back on Skywatchers Radio with Jeff Worldwine, folks, here on Paranormal Soup Network. Oh, I'm a lot clearer now, I have to change a couple settings, so hopefully everybody can hear me loud and clear in the chat. Please let me know, guys, if I'm coming in okay now. Uh, if not, I'm going to go shoot myself. No. <laughs> I might go shoot somebody else, though, but that's neither here nor there. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> There's no shortage of ammo in this bunker. Um, no, definitely not. We have, <laughs> during the break, Jeff and I were talking a little bit about one of the pages on his site, and it's actually, of course, petroglyphsinthesky.com, and this particular page is slash south-mountain-tomb. And the, um, the images here are very interesting and one of the things that you said in the write-up for these is that a lot of the engraving of course most of them are very old probably hohokam or um whatever and then you you have a couple of pictures that you say you believe hmm. the masons the freemasons carved these um that's right I'm curious as to why you think Freemasons would have carved these. In one case, it's a Roman numeral six, and in another case, it is a profile of someone who appears to be wearing a crown. That's right. Mm-hmm. Um, well, it, there's um, okay. Let's talk about that that king that's sitting there. The, the petroglyph um, is a profile of the king, and he clearly has a crown. Now, that's not Holocom. You know, Holocoms didn't have kings, you know, back then. That's, that's clearly not Holocom. Um, one of the things that gives away uh, UFOs and spiral doorways for these beams is um, the way the rock art uh, direction is depicted. Uh, for instance, that king, okay, now he's, he's faced. I don't, show, I don't show the whole picture of what he's facing, but he's facing and looking at a pyramid-type structure hill, 
okay, and, and they consider these pyramid hills out here sacred, all right, and some of them, some of these hills, they actually buried gold. There's tombs here. There's evidence, you know, that there's something buried in these pyramid hills. And this one so happens to be looking straight at um, one of the, the areas to a tomb to where, you know, some of the gold lies. Um, that was, you know, first, you know, I came across that. That was kind of puzzling. You know, I really didn't know, you know, what he was all about. I knew that he's looking. He's been looking at a tomb for I don't know how long, you know, because I, I followed the direction where he's going. And, you know, that it led me right to that spot over there. And then hiking the mountains uh, more, uh, I come across another petroglyph, and this seems to be in, inclined with a tomb also. There's something clearly buried there, and there's a letter G with a king's crown above it. And this is one of the um, icons for the Freemasons is the letter G. Yes. Now, and another thing the Freemasons used was Roman numerals. So when I came across that tomb out there, um, it's got this rock slab and this Roman numeral on it, and I believe it's uh, 14, and it's, it's, it's in Roman numerals. So in, in looking back at, oh, yeah, another thing to give it away is um, on my YouTube page, um, you can find a video that I made of the uh, Phoenix, Arizona's first Freemason. Now, his tomb is a tomb of a pyramid, and it was placed there at the same time in 1934, 36, something like that, at the same time the pyramid was put on the dollar bill. All right, and this goes along with uh, Roosevelt. All right, and, and Roosevelt was a Freemason also. And back in the 19, uh, early, early 30s until the 40s when we had the Depression, um, he decided to make um, the CCC, the Civil Conservation Corps. And what he did to boost the economy and to get people back to work is he had he hired um, a bunch of young men to go up there for two years and camp on South Mountain and pretty much put in ramadas and put in some of the trails. Um, there's a lot of mining that was done here. Um, they pulled at least um, $60,000 worth of gold nuggets out of South Mountain before the mines were, were all closed up. Um, if, they were, if they had an open mind and if they were looking for idols and gold tombs, then they would have found it really easy they stick out like a sore thumb, but you have to know what you're looking for. But because, you know, they wasn't looking for that, they were looking for gold nuggets, they decided to blow holes on the mountains and drill tubes. And, and that ceased. So all this evidence, you know, with the, the secret government and, and, and uh, the Freemasons and stuff, I came to the conclusion that, yes, you know, the Freemasons have been here, and they've marked a lot of significant places here on the mountains, you know, to, to keep people away. And, and one of them is that tomb that's uh, on my website, com, and you can clearly see that something is buried there. And they went into, they went into enough um, security, I guess, they, they put their stamp on it, and you can clearly see that uh, circle paint job from the sky. And it's interesting, when I'm out there, I think they have motion detectors, because when I'm out there at least for like a half an hour, Little white airplanes and sometimes black helicopters seem to circle that area where I'm at. So I believe it's being monitored. Well, it might be monitored. However, let's go back to your statement that the Hohokam, or Hoakam as you call them, didn't have kings. We don't have any history on them. We don't know whether they had kings. They That's disappeared. Right. 
That's right. <laughs> now, um, but now, having said that, I will agree that when a figure is scratched in a rock like this one and the profile is facing a certain way, it's signaling something. That's however, right. That's... However, on top of this, the Spanish were there for 300 years before any Americans, white Americans, got there. That's right. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, the Spanish uh, conquistadors came through the Valley of the Sun also. Yeah, they got run out. Of, yeah, they got run out of there pretty quick too. But that's another story. Yeah, in, in 1539, yeah, we, we've got uh, um, uh, their, their crusade and you know their history here in South Mountain also. So I guess what I'm getting at is you don't really have enough history to say for sure that that figure or the the Roman numeral is definitely a Freemason, Masonic. Now, I'm not um, ruling it out because you're right that they use uh, Roman numerals, but they also use the Arabic system and they use a lot of other stuff. They have like 16 different coded alphabets. That's right. Mm-hmm. That's right. Uh, now, but the most interesting picture to me on the entire list on that particular page is the one that shows a section of rock. Um, I'm guessing that particular triangular-shaped rock with the arcs carved into it. I'm guessing it's probably three or four feet across the bottom and about that tall. Right, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's pretty big there. And there's, okay, a, so there's a, a hallway-type so setting. Yeah, so that would make that thing roughly, if it were a full circle, it would be probably about 12 feet in diameter. Oh, that's right. Yeah, it's it's very big. And I actually show a satellite view on the circle there from the air, on how you cool. can see it from the air. Yeah, it's pretty cool. The um, That circle's painted on, though, isn't it, rather than chipped into the rock? Um, that seal... No, the circle, the the oh, white. Oh yeah, that's circle. paint. Yeah, that's paint. Mm-hmm. And that's been sitting for you know. It, you can tell it's you know starting to flake, and it's it's been sitting there quite a while. Huh. Okay, guys, we're going to open the phone lines. If anybody wants to call in, just uh, Skype in. the The name is the Jackal Seventy Seven, a menacing name, I know. But call on in and uh, ask your questions to Mister Jeff Woldwine here. Now, Jeff, that's uh, that's interesting. I, you know, I haven't seen that picture. Rick, can you send me that picture? I, I want to see the, the one you're talking about. Um, well, it's, yeah, you just go to petroglyphsinthesky.com, and on the front page you look for the tomb. It's well, in the upper left-hand I was hoping for yeah, the well, direct link, but, you know. Yeah, well, I'm actually looking on another <laughs> different computer, so. Ah, so well, the answer to there, your question is, that. no, I can't. <laughs> well, there is that. I'll look at it yeah. later. But we have actually a caller, Osmosis Radicus, wants to get on the line here with Jeff Woldwine. Jeff, are you okay to take a call? Are you ready? Yeah, sure. Yes, let's do it. All right. Osmosis, you're on the line with us. Hi. Uh, can you okay. hear me? Actually, Osmosis, uh, yes, but it didn't connect. Call right back. For whatever reason, it didn't connect into the call. Okay, call no right problem. Back. I'll call right back. Cool. All right. Well, that was weird. Didn't connect. So let, let, let's have Osmosis Radicus call back in there and uh, yeah. let's see. Let's see now if it'll connect properly at the conference. And there we go. I think you're on the air with Jeff Woldwine. Osmosis cool. Radicus. First of all, 
<laughs> what does that name mean? Because it's pretty cool. Oh, it's just uh, no, it's just a funny spelling of Awesomus, Awesomus Radicus. <laughs> ah, well, welcome uh, to yeah. the show. Brother. <laughs> We're here live with uh, Jeff, Rick, and myself. Right on. Uh, well, my name's Dan, and uh, I'm a friend of Jess. Um, thanks for having me oh, on, cool. you guys. I actually, um, I dig the show. It seems pretty cool. <laughs> Thank you. Appreciate so, that. Yeah, you guys seem like pretty uh, reasonably intelligent individuals. Um, sometimes you get really crazy people that are just out there, but you guys seem to like ask some good questions. So that's cool. Well, don't don't be spreading those kind of rumors. They might. Yeah, really. They might start actually, you know, thinking that we're going to give them a good show every night, and you know, right, right, right. <laughs> high expectations are bad, man. <laughs> uh, yeah, dude, um, I've known Jeff for about five years. Um, I'm from Phoenix. I lived there from 81 to 2005. Um, okay. And I'd been on the mountains plenty of times and, um, and had seen the petroglyphs here and there. Never really, um, never really was very interested in them growing up, you know, just as a teenager and a young adult. Um, in 2005, going to school in San Francisco, I happened upon his page on YouTube, just kind of mess- messing around online, saw some UFO videos. I was like, ah, oh, check this out. And then I found out he was from, uh, you know, he, was, he had gone to Phoenix and uh, that he lived there. I messaged him right away and I said, hey, man, um, I'm going to be going back down to Phoenix in a couple of years. Can I see you when I get down there and can you take me down to the mountain? He said, sure. Um, so my brother, he's a, a triathlete at ASU. You know, he's a very uh, reasonable, reasonable individual, very rational. Um, he went out there with me with Jeff and uh, we saw some pretty amazing things, man. Um, not only in the petroglyphs there, um, the connections that Jeff had made, um, but also Jeff had shown us like uh, the book that he'd he'd researched at the Phoenix Public Library. It's, um, it's huge. It's like something out of Harry Potter, man. It's like this huge book, a compendium of Phoenix history. And it's pretty interesting stuff, man, especially when you go to the, uh, to the uh, Hopi Museum and, uh, and learn about the Hohokam there. Um, and everything that Jeff is talking about is right on the money. Um, I've seen a couple of things, some pretty crazy stuff, some orbs in the sky, some shape-shifting stuff. Um, my brother has uh, – they found a mural, a huge mural. Um, right, Jeff? The, uh, that huge mural where it shows – these things just blowing people up in their heads and stuff. It's it's really nuts, man. Oh, now, that's Jeff, right. You know, you, you guys do Jeff. take folks out to uh, to see these things, right? You do uh, presentation. That's I guess, right. Uh, is a way to call it. Okay. So that's, you do have yeah, folks right. uh, that, that that go out randomly, not like friends of yours only, like random folks approach you and go out oh. with you guys, right? Oh, that's right. Yeah, I, I do tours. I'm, I'm taking probably almost 200 people in five years up on South Mountain to do tours. And they all, you know, interested in this in this topic, have an open mind, like hiking, like seeing your foes. And they contact me, and we go up on the mountain, and we check them out. So it's really neat. And on my website, on the front page, there's like uh, six links there that uh, people, witnesses, along with myself, you know, people have been off the Internet seeing UFOs with me, and I always get their interview. So it's awesome. When Dan was up there, he was up on a hill looking for him, and he was calling me on the phone, and, and he was telling me, dude, I, I see something out there, you know, and it's changing, you know, shapes, and these airplanes are trying to scare it away and stuff, and it was really ecstatic, and I love it when people see him. <laughs> oh, yeah, man. Um, uh, Jeff had told me when I first went up to the mountain with Jeff for the first time, the first couple of times that we went up there, you know, I didn't see anything. I wasn't expecting to see anything. Um, just, just, you know, it's not like, okay, as soon as you go out there, you're going to see something. You know, that's... Obviously not the case. Um, you know, you got to give it some time, go out there regularly, and uh, and give it some time. But uh, the first time that I was out there, Jeff told me about these planes that uh, you know he described the two different types of planes out there. And you know, when I heard that, you know, the, the planes that monitor the area and they seem to chase mm-hmm. these creatures away. Um, the first time I heard that, I was like, okay, that's that's kind of like a little out there. And I was like, I don't know, that sounds too. Cons- come on, some planes that are 
but when I was out there the third time... That's Men in Black stuff, man. Yeah. Right, yeah, that's like... I mean, But I went up on the mountain, and I... And um, this was... Just scanning it with my binoculars, and I saw this thing change the shape in the sky, and, you know, I could go into it, but that was personal experience, and I don't have video proof of that. It was just me and my binoculars up there, but... Um, while I was looking at it, man, the, the exact type of planes that Jeff had described... Um, came from three different directions, and they all when they when they met over South Mountain, they zeroed in on this thing over by Apache Junction. It was in the air over Apache Junction, which is a little to the uh, to the east of uh, South Mountain, and they all went for this thing, and they went for it until it disappeared. And um, it was one of the most amazing things I think I've ever seen in my life, man. And uh, man, Jeff, dude, thank you for showing me that stuff, man, that, and taking me out there, dude. That stuff is awesome. <laughs> oh, thank you. You know, thanks for being into this stuff. You know, and actually following through with it, because a lot of people don't, you know, simply they just don't have time, or, you know, they simply don't believe me, but if you stick with it, if you go out there long enough, you know, eventually, yes, you will see something, because it's real, they're, they're there, they've always been here, and it's, you know, it's great taking people up on the mountain and, and actually have them see it, you know, it's awesome. But it's it's amazing how actually you know seeing an object or seeing a UFO or seeing these things uh, change your perspective on things, isn't it? That's right, that's right. You know, my way of thinking now on the world and my lifestyle has completely changed all because of my research of what I've seen, what I've discovered, and my whole outlook on, on this world is completely different. You know, I used to think it was our world. You know, it's not. You know, it's, it's these things' world. You know, we're just yeah. residents. <laughs> <laughs> now, yeah, Jeff, um, you, you okay. guys are not afraid uh, that may, maybe one of these creatures might come down and... Uh, and pick you up against your will, you know, well, one of these uh, times you're doing a tour? Well, you know, I, I'm i not worried about that too much. I think um, I think in in time, you know, something, you know, I mean, something is going to happen. These things haven't really came down and, and told us, you know, what they're doing here. You know, they've been hanging around Phoenix since 1997. Well, the earliest was 1995. That's when, you know, people really started to pay attention to them. And ever since then, their um, masses have increased, you know, more and more over the years is coming. And uh, so they haven't told us what they're going to do. The history, you know, shows them as conquering us, you know. They want us to worship them as gods, you know. And I think uh, when you ask the natives, you know, how they came across them, they say that they didn't know how to live here, and these things actually came up out of the ground and taught these people how to live. And once they were able to do that, they went back down into the sand world and promised to return one day. Now, my theory on this is the reason why they're not coming down and making contact with us is because we don't need them yet. You see, nothing is, is, is going wrong for us to actually need them. But if something was to go wrong, where there's no food, there's no water, but yet they see these Phoenix lights, and one comes down and turns himself into a man, just like what the rock art depicts on the mountain, and he says, I'm here to help you worship me, and he's got all these magical powers, and he cleans the air, and he cleans the lake, and he gives us food, we're going to be forced, we're going to be tricked back into worshiping this being, and I don't think, you know, he has the right plans, and, you know, for us. You know, one, one so, question I'll, I'll, well, <clears throat> go ahead, Rick, I'll, I'll ask my question afterwards. But, uh, okay, write it down, because I know how we both are. Um, oh. one, of the th- one of the things that came right. to mind Taking for me now. was was you have a an image, it's actually an animated GIF of Coca Pelli, 
with the flute. And of course, there are a lot of images of Coccopelli, some with flute, some with other things. Um, the do you think that Coccopelli is one of these beings incarnated, or what is what? What do you think is the connection there? Well, it's interesting that he's always depicted playing a flute, and he's positioned on the ground. You know, he's not up in the sky; he's positioned on the ground. Right. And some of these, um, some of the the research that I've done is tones, certain sounds seem to evoke these creatures. You know what, even the petroglyphs themselves, you know, the Indians will say that the rock art has the power to invoke the spirits. And I know three spots here on the mountain here where you actually physically go up there, talk to the rocks, talk to those petroglyphs, and then within that day or a few days later, you'll see the exact same thing flying in the sky that you were talking to on the rock days ago. So when that happens like once, maybe twice, you think it's a coincidence, but when you keep going out there and you keep getting these UFOs over your head, there's got to be a connection. You know, it's got to be right. So I think that the flutes might have the power to invoke these spirits, certain sounds. Oh, hey. that's odd. That's, that's weird. You guys? I've never, I've never thought of it like that, but that, that's kind of odd. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, who was that? Uh, uh, it, was, it was me and Austin. Awesome. Yeah. Um, speaking of the um, speaking of the uh, Cocopelli, um, Jeff Jeff brings up a really good point. Um, there's a video. I don't know if you guys have seen it on his site. It looks like a little shrimp kind of moving through the air. I don't know if you guys yes, have seen the video on his site. Okay, yeah. there's a rock, and Jeff pointed it out to me one day, and I went out there and saw this thing with my brother. That thing is is etched right into a rock in perfect form, and it's the only one that looks like that. And it, and uh. And did, Jeff, didn't you tell me that when you filmed that, you you were looking at near that rock, and that's where it came out of? Um, there's yeah, there's a, a depiction of two guys looking up at a flying snake above their heads. And yeah. one day, yeah, one day I was I was out there just well, a little bit further away from that. I was on that uh, that uh, kind of canyon. The the canyons and the cracks out here, the Indians considered sacred, and they're considered doorways for these spirits, and many times we'll see uh, spirals representing doorways into the underworld, and so I was sitting there at those spirals, and I was like, hey, you know, you guys are cool, why don't you come and see us? Well, about three weeks later, that's when that little tadpole-looking thing, that red snake, left the exact same spot where I was sitting at on the mountain three weeks ago, and literally came and saw us, went over the apartment complex. Yeah, dude, when I, when I saw that on the rock, um, after... So you had seen the video first, and then Jeff showed me, showed me the rock, and he's like, "This is where it is." And I went out to go look at it, standing two feet away from this rock, looking at it, and it's it's clear as day. You can see you can see that they depicted this thing. It's above the heads of the people that are etched below, below the creature. Uh, it's above their heads, and they're looking up at it. It's uh, it's really incredible. And speaking of the the uh, the uh, um, Freemasons too, um, the only graffiti that's out there on the mountain it's it's very sparse. It's few and far between. Um, that mountain gets hot, even in the winter. It's like 90 degrees. And you know it was made by somebody with a purpose. Um, whether it was Freemasons or not, I don't know. It seems to me like it was, the way that Jeff talks about the history of it. But um, I was out there with my brother and Jeff. Um, we videotaped it, um, the, 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 the big K with the, with the crown. And uh, it's etched deep into the rock, and it's a big symbol. And for somebody to spend that much time out there on that mountain, with those, those rocks are all burned black. And... Uh, 
I mean, it's hot out there, man. You'd have to spend an afternoon making that thing. And I don't think anybody would do that just kind of messing around with a group of friends drinking on the mountain or something. You know, like somebody went out there with a purpose and made that thing. It's pretty That's cool. Right. I, I, know, I know a couple of folks that are really, really bored. <laughs> get, get, yeah. Give them a good 24-pack of Heineken, and uh, they'll go to town on one of those rocks, man. Uh, yeah, let's question, go out there. I mean, Let's make this connection because look, we've we've made the connection that that uh, you know, there's Freemasonry uh, stuff involved in uh, these petroglyphs. We've made the connection of gold in the area. Uh, now, to me, this sounds a little bit. Also, by the way, you've made the connection of snake-like, uh, you know, creatures or reptilian-like creatures. Uh, this sounds a little bit to me. Could, could this be connected to the Anunnaki at all? Do you think, Jeff? Sure, that's right. You know, we don't really know who the Holocom is. And- you know, some say it's Anunnaki, some say it's Anasazi, um, some say it's the Mayans. You know, we really don't have, you know, evidence of who these people were. But what we do have is what they left behind as far as their rock art. And it seems to depict the same type of rock art. And, and in some cases, it even looks like the same artist from around the world. You know, Mount Sinai has its own petroglyphs. And it's the exact same thing that we find here on South Mountain. So... Clearly, it's holy. But, but you, you definitely give the possibility of these things uh, being connected to the Anunnaki, which would be a completely different animal. Now, think about this. If the Anunnaki are the ones who seeded life on Earth, like you know the, the story goes, uh, it, it's very conceivable that they would leave behind perhaps, I don't know, drones or, or some... Uh, creatures that you know will keep an eye on us as you know as they're gone from the planet. Uh, it's very possible that these uh, petroglyphs are the drones they left behind. That's right. Well, the Indians talk about a, a lizard man, and there's many depictions up here of a lizard I, man, and they reptilian. say that that's exact reptilian connection. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. That's right. And it's it's the same connection, you know, in India also, you know, with their Viamatis. And and the people with all those many arms, you see their artwork, and they have a person who's got like four or five arms. Well, that's what we have out here on South Mountain. We have a depiction of a creature, a person, a humanoid. He has many arms, and he has this magical staff. And he's actually at war. He's shooting at a serpent oh, yeah. in the sky. I saw that. Jeff showed me and my brother that, dude. It's, it's crazy. Sorry to interrupt you. Oh, my God, that was a crazy. <laughs> Jeff knows what he's talking about, dude. Oh, that's a weird <laughs> petroglyph, dude. It, it is, is weird, but but and you it, know, it, it, let me let me uh, offer an, ec- an alternate explanation for how <coughs> images showing depicting a person with multiple arms could be in both India and Arizona. What if that's right? What if somebody from Arizona made a visit to India, saw the Shiva over there, came back and wanted to draw a picture of it for their friends? Well, that's how uh, we go into dating the rock art. And one of the ways that you can kind of date the rock art is, the first of all, you want to look at the rock. Look at um, the texture of it. You know, if it's really old, old rock, you know, if it's been broke apart, if it's new rock, if it's old rock. Another way you can determine how old it is is on how thick it is. Now, sometimes they recarve it, but other times... um, Petroglyphs are kind of like tattoos. When you first get one, the lines are kind of thin, but over time they get thicker and thicker. And this seems to be the case in, in rock art and petroglyphs. So, and sometimes the thicker it is, the more older it is. And in studying the rock art out here, you can clearly tell 
what's new art and and what's old art, you know. Well, yeah, certainly. I mean, it doesn't have a patina if it was carved yesterday. That's but, right. <laughs> and and out there, you have what they call desert concrete, and that or right. desert varnish actually that forms on every rock that's exposed because the uh, it's a combination of sunlight and the atmosphere that actually makes a varnish form on the rocks. Uh, now, I, 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 go ahead. And there, I'm acquainted with probably the world's leading expert on dating stuff like that. I don't know if we can get him out there at any point in time. He's actually been uh, in the region dating other or trying to date other rocks he didn't have much success but um as far as the desert patina or desert varnish it's called you're right if it's all dark and all you see is a depression that's an extremely old petroglyph that's right yeah yeah so if if someone was out there and and you know was just playing around and messing around you know i would go on that theory if i only found one type of rock art like that but because I find many types of rock art like that scattered throughout the rock, throughout the mountains, yeah, I would have to say that it isn't someone that playing around. That you know, it, it's actually for real, and they're trying to tell a, a story on certain places on the mountain. Yeah, they're trying to tell a story, and in the case of the guy with the crown, my guess would be that the because the Spaniards left what they called treasure markers. I don't, and I'm sure you've run across that in your research, but they would That's leave right. treasure, treasure markers pointing to where they thought a mine would be or buried treasure or, or something. Because right. often often they would mine, and then they would bury their cash till they could go get enough bearers to move it safely. And That's up, right. in there, up in there, of course, nothing was safe for the Spanish. Um so it's conceivable to me that that particular petroglyph actually represents a treasure marker. That's right. So I would agree with that. You know, whether it's Masonic or not, it's kind of immaterial if that if it's a treasure marker, because a lot of the Spaniards, believe it or not, uh, by the sixteenth, uh, by the seventeenth century, not not so much in the sixteenth century, but by the seventeenth century, there was a a little bit of Masonic influence in there. Just don't let the Jesuits know it. <laughs> right. <laughs> Guys, we're here live on Skywatchers Radio on Paranormal Soup Network. We're going to take a little bit of a break here. We're going to be right back with Jeff Woldwine and Dan. Are you going to stick around? Uh, uh, yeah, sure. I guess if you guys or... will have me. Um, I wasn't. I wasn't trying to overtalk anybody, but um, yeah, I w- I'd love to stick around. Um, you guys, you guys seem to know a whole lot of stuff about this. I'm, I'm listening. You guys are talking about some cool stuff, man. <laughs> well, we'll come well, back and talk about on. some more of it. That's what we like to do here on Skywatchers Radio. We'll interesting. <laughs> yeah, man, right on. <laughs> once in a while, at least. You know, once in a while. We'll be right back. Our guys. early attempts at a tractor beam went through several preparations. Preparations A through G were a complete failure. But now, ladies and gentlemen, we finally have a working tractor beam, which we shall call Preparation H. What? Why don't you just call it Operation Ass Cream, you ass? I- I'm sorry, did you want some ice cream? Yes, I'd love some chocolate ass cream. Perhaps later. Dr. Evil, I love your plan. Yeah, eh? Yeah, Air Doctor, it's a really good plan. 
Yes, Frau. On the whole, I think Preparation H feels good. <laughs> what is it now? No, nothing. You know what? I agree. Preparation H does feel good. On the whole. Well, I'm glad we're sprechen the same lingity. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, using my time machine, I shall travel back to 1975. Pick up Goldmember and bring him back to the future. And the best part of this plan is... No one can stop me. Not even Austin Powers. So, all that you must do in life is love. Simply treat people with respect and reverence. When you do this, all that you give without condition will return to you in like kind. Without condition, this is the way to love. Take everything into consideration. Treat people fair with compassion. Speak words that give inspiration. This is the way to love. This is the way to love. Find sunshine in every situation. Put forth the positive vibration. Love without fear or condition. This is the way to love. Without doubt or fear or hate or condition Life without love or peace or joy is full of confusion Seek the truth of life, transcend all divisions This is the way to love There are things that you should Full of joy, full of love, and full of fulfillment. 
May your dreams go fulfilled, my precious son. We have a live wiretap on the suspects. This is Officer Johnson reporting. Welcome. Let's hear it. I got a letter from the government the other day. I read it and said they bout the indictment. Who was shoot out? They claim they got my whereabouts. About where I was and that I was bloody cause they claim they got pics of the kid up in the club. For women that ain't my wife doing a lot of drugs. December the 26th of 05, a baby clock and two nines decided to take a life. I remember a nigga got me out of his misery for trying to commit a robbery and love and memory of. I never thought much of it, but they think it was us. They say they got informants, niggas we grown to trust. Like shit ain't bad enough. This shit ain't adding up. How three to six turn to ten and he's out in eight months. I seen this once before. I'm about to hang up. Get to a pay phone so we can real talk. As a matter of fact, I do. I think I got a positive tap on Irving Lorenzo, a.k.a. Irv Gotti, and a Jaw Rule. What are you waiting for, officer? Let's hear it. Hey, yo, nigga, what the fuck is going on? Niggas is trying to set us up. Remember them broads we met with the tats on their neck? The green bench truck, baby seat in the back. I told her if I had her hand, I'd hand mine back. I remember that. What about her? Shorty's really from Hollis. So? Let me explain the treachery of these hoes. They hit me on the phone about a week before the jump off and said they was bringing some jump offs. My reply was, of course. And of course they came about 10 deep. And every bitch was off the chain, but it's skin deep. These beautiful bitches, they had a plan to set a trap, rock a nigga. Get asleep, but you know pussy's cheap and talks even cheaper. But there's two niggas in VIP by the speaker. It's about to go down and DJ spinning back either. Hey, I don't think you should say no more. Me either. Where should I meet you? Yo, meet me at the crack house in like 30 minutes, yo. I wanna go warm somebody. Uh, Francis, I, I hope you have more than this. This is not enough to prosecute somebody. It's not enough to indict. Do you have more, Francis? Well, actually, we have a team set up right now at the location where they're at. They have position and they're ready to go anytime. Let's just get this guy. Team one, are you in position? Was the sound as I fled? Cause the bitches that we met turned out to be fed. Fed? Yeah, nigga, and them wasn't the kids in the thick. I really thought she was loving the dick. Now they know about the cocaine, the hair off, the firearms, plus all that money that niggas ain't paid no tax on. They know all that, huh? Maybe more, cause the niggas that got murdered was informants for sure. Ain't no telling what they told or what they saw. And if they seen enough to send niggas up north, I had some cash dash for this day. But nigga, in shorts, I never thought it'd be this soon we get caught up. But the fed that I was fucking finally got fed up. She told me everything we owned was probably bugged and keep in touch. Since then, I ain't seen her much, but I seen enough to know that y'all on to us. Taken three with Jeff and then uh, uh, two uh, by myself before I began uh, uh, going out on the hikes with Jeff. Um, I took two by myself. You gave me some some maps, some satellite maps with some trails. I went on two uh, by myself. Um, 
saw some interesting stuff, and then um, uh, then I started going with Jeff. And um, now I don't know if it's just by proximity to Jeff. <laughs> you know, I'm not trying to make him out to be like a god or a guru, but um, it was when I began hiking with Jeff in the mountains that um, phenomena. I began to observe this phenomena, and I wish my brother was here online. He's out training with Team USA right now, but uh, he was out there with oh, us nice. too. And, and yeah, yeah, love him. Happy for him. But uh, yeah, he he saw some stuff with us too, man. And um, yeah, man, that that desert is big. South Mountain is bigger than it looks on the maps, man. It's it's not it's not easy to hike in there. So you got to know, man. These people were really trying to say something. There's a just a ton of stuff out there. Yeah. Now, there this is, is kind of interesting. This is kind of interesting. See, I, last December I interviewed uh, Travis Walton, who's of course from Arizona. As you guys know, he's from Snowflake, Arizona. My question to you, Jeff, and to you also, dances. You've been up there a few times. Uh, do sure. you think there's any connection between the aliens that might have kidnapped Travis and the stuff that you guys are seeing? Because I've I've heard a lot of reports come out of, out of Arizona. It seems to be one of the the most hot spots, I guess, one of the biggest hot spots in the in the U.S. Not the biggest, but it seems to be one of the biggest hotspots in the U.S. Uh, do you think there is any connection between Travis and what you guys are seeing? Um, in my honest opinion, no. Um, like I said before, okay. he he's depicting a craft. He's depicting, you know, aliens with big eyes and stuff. Um, that's not what we're seeing down here in Phoenix. Um, I have yet to see a, a spacecraft and someone beaming down and being picked up and stuff like that. That's not what the rock art depicts, and that's not what we're physically seeing in the sky. What we're seeing out here is another life form. It's, it's, it's a serpent. It's a serpent god, if you will. Um, there's orbs, and there's lights. There's many different creatures here, many different life forms for di- many different likenesses, and it's not, not just one alien that we're de- dealing with. It's, it's many, and I've for yet to see a, a spacecraft. So when it comes down to fire in the sky... You know, there's a lot of people trying to make money off this field. Well, yeah, that's true. But in his defense, you know, Travis uh, has lived a, a very normal life. He hasn't made a whole lot of money. I mean, he, the guy's not, you know, rolling in dough, so to speak. You know what I mean? Yes, that's right. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> so I'm know, not too I mean, sure on what to think and, about fire in the sky. <laughs> His defense also, you know, in his defense, he not only passed several lie detector tests, uh, but this story was already a nationwide phenomenon before he even got off the ship. Yeah, yeah, this was this already right. this was something everybody was talking about before he ever came back to Earth, uh, you know, unharmed. And in fact, when I spoke to to Travis, one of the interesting things about speaking to him was uh, he thought that perhaps you know these weren't aliens at all; they might have been some government, you know, craft. Or some kind of government experiment that he might have accidentally, you know, stumbled upon. Well, in his now that I, I would believe that, you know, I, I would believe the, the government involved in something like that. But as far as you know, what people are, are seeing out here and, and around the world, you know, it's it's not a craft. It's it's like another creature. So I don't know. I'm not saying that there isn't any spacecraft out there. All I'm saying is I haven't seen any yet. <laughs> Well, here, here's the thing, though, and the reason I keep bringing the fact that it might be some kind of uh, artificial or, you know, artificial craft that looks almost li- like a living craft, I have heard reports of UFOs that have almost a skin-like texture to them, uh, where they almost look like they're living beings, and they're yeah, UFOs. Yeah, in something like that, I have seen a petroglyph. Now, we've seen many barbells down here. I've, I've videotaped many barbells flying in the sky. And one of the rock art 
out here, it actually depicts a barbell with a guy inside a barbell looking out a window. Now, for someone stepping into this and seeing this for the first time and maybe possibly has has seen it for their own eyes, the you know, what was actually depicted on the rock, they would think that this barbell is actually a craft and a man actually climbed inside this barbell. Um, that's not the case at all, in my opinion. In my opinion, what this rock art is depicting is this barbell is actually a living creature, and he comes down and absorbs himself around this man to pick him up into the sky and to provide a window out his belly. And for someone seeing that, they might think, oh, well, that's a spacecraft. Uh, the barbell is a spacecraft, and he just picked that man up. But from what I see on these barbells, is they're alive. They shift shape, and, and they're clearly conscious. And the rock art depicts a man inside his belly, if you will. Well, that, again, that could just be one of these ships that I've heard reports on. They, they look almost like they're living ships, but like That's you know, right. they're still they're still a ship. You know, they're they're still intelligent, intelligently controlled because of the beings that are flying these things. But uh, they do have that appearance, and I've I've heard several reports on this. Uh, about these kind of ships, so uh, it's very conceivable, especially if uh, you could have a ship that maybe a morph or something like that. I've even seen uh, videos of ships that you know join together, where there's two objects and they join and become one object. That's yeah. pretty interesting in itself. Uh, it, I mean, yeah. That's a completely different technology right there than anything we conceive of, of well, building ourselves now. So, well, maybe they are living things and they're mating, Jackal. Anyway, the could um, that could be yes. <laughs> That's that's right. Hankythesky.com. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna come up with that. <laughs> there you go. Right on. So, and you have a video of one of those barbells, right? That's right. Um, the UFO hunters, uh, when they were out here on the History Channel, um, they used uh, that type of barbell um, as an example in in their show. And it depicts it depicts a barbell tattooed on a rock, and then we see one in in the sky that's that's flying. Okay, cool. I just wanted to bring that up so maybe we can get more people to go to your website, which, by the way, is petroglyphsinthesky.com. dot com. That's p e t r o g l y p h s i n t h e s k y. Oh well, yeah, you get that's it. Right. <laughs> that's a mouthful. That's I, I'm glad you tried that and not me, because that's a mouthful. Petroglyphsinthesky.com. <laughs> now, what, what's coming up for you, Jeff? Like, what, what do you got coming up now that you're working on? Well, I'm waiting for it to, to cool down. Um, it's like 112, sometimes 115 down here in the Valley of the Sun. And the snakes are out, and the scorpions, and all the livestock. And it's, if it's 115 out here, then it's got to be 125, 130 on the mountain. So it's really not safe to be up on the mountains, but as soon as it cools no. down, I'll be back out there on the rocks and doing some more sky watching and, and investigating. Now, could you and do also doing tours. Because, you know, we do a live uh, video show on Mondays. Uh, it's called, you know, the same thing, Sky Watchers Radio, but TV, uh, which we do here on the website, ParanormalSoupNetwork.com. Uh, when you do any sky watches in the near future, uh, is there a possibility you can send us some of that footage so we can play as a kind of have you like in a, a roving reporter type of deal where you can come on sure. and present your video? Sure, yeah. Um, as soon as I uh, get some more videos up, I'll uh, shoot you a link and we'll just go from there and we'll see what we can do. 
Sounds great. Very nice. Very cool. Cool, man. I appreciate that. Appreciate that. Now, do you have uh, any uh, specials coming up? Any, uh, any, uh, I guess, uh, TV shows are going to be on or anything like that? I know you did uh, some stuff with Jaime Musan in the past, right? Yeah, the the latest interview uh, was down here at my house. Um, Mr. Masson from Mexico uh, did a um, tape the show here, and hopefully, uh, whenever it airs, he'll send me a copy so I can have it up on YouTube. Um, I did a um, another uh, hiking trip about a couple months ago with uh, this guy who's going to permit it uh, present it to the History Channel, so it might have another shot on the History Channel going up on there and talking about rock art and the Mayans and the UFOs, and uh, I did a show um, called The Ultimate Encounters, that's based out of uh, New York, and probably down on your side of the coast of the country, you might be able to see it, and uh, we actually, when the cameraman was out there, we actually had an orb fly over the hill, so that was really neat, you know, it's neat to have the media out there when one of these things show up. <laughs> yeah, that's the best time when you have a couple of camera guys uh, who are you know independent, not you know, your, your buddies? Uh, you know it's funny. Uh, a good friend of ours who uh, you know does a show here on, on Paranormal Super Network, uh, Mr. Jamie Havikan, who films a lot of UFOs out of the Gulf here in Florida. Uh, he, he's had uh, that luck. He's had actually reporters from the the Herald Tribune come out and uh, you know skywatch with him and see the stuff that he's capturing. Have you had uh, major like newspapers and stuff around the uh, the Arizona area come out there and and do a tour with you? Yeah, that would be great. You know, I I would love it. I'd be honored. So that'd be really neat. Oh, I'm not asking. Have you had any yet? Have, have you had any yet at all? Or no. Like, oh, as far as I'm sorry. As far as I haven't, as far as I haven't, uh, have you had any uh, major newspapers around the Arizona area uh, pay attention to what's going on and uh, go out there and do some uh, sky watching with you? Well, not so much the newspapers, but I have um, taken the news media here, uh, News Channel 12. Um, I did a, on the anniversary of the lights uh, last year, or this year, uh, we did a trip up South Mountain and did a little news story on it, and uh, nothing, came, nothing came out that day. But, uh, yeah, many times uh, the news media really likes to show the petroglyphs along with their UFO stories. So I take a lot of news media up there on the rocks. That's cool, man. Uh, Rick, I, I think I heard a question coming out of your mouth there before I interrupted. <laughs> Seeing how you are. Yeah, you caught, caught me looking at the pictures again. Um, and, and one of the pictures <clears throat> that's on the front page there of your site, Jeff, is it shows uh, basically a telephone pole and a contrail behind a jet and a squiggle. Um, did... I mean, that, that squiggle, it's white like a contrail, but any idea what it is? Um, as far as, uh, it's a video? Uh, no, it looks like a photograph, and it's got an inset. Um, basically, it's showing a, a, a power pole or telephone pole, whatever, and there's a jet with a contrail, Above, you know, in the sky. And oh, okay. Little squiggle, little white squiggle. It's kind of vertical. Right. Yeah, that's uh, that. That UFO sighting, I believe, happened on Easter of 2006 and uh, 2007, something like that. I can't remember now, but it's on the date there. 
And uh, that's actually a photograph. Um, not only were we videotaping this flying worm, but we were taking photographs of it also. And you can see it on my website or on YouTube, and it's called Easter Sunday Sighting. And it shows the rock art, and then it shows the sighting of this worm shift-shaping in the sky and pretty much flying, you know, right in front of us. And it's interesting that a jet flies by with a chemtrail, and uh, this thing kind of gets up next to that chemtrail and goes straight, and it kind of looks like he's trying to copy the chemtrail. It's very interesting. Hmm. Now, okay. Jeff, my question, my final question here, my final big question of the night for you, uh, do you think any of this stuff is uh, related to 2012, and what do you think the end game is going to be in the next two years? Holy cow. Holy cow, you know... Um, That's a loaded that, question, that, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is. You know, for anyone to, to study, especially, you know, Bible prophecy and any of these Indian prophecies, you know, it talks about water. You know, it says how it, it's flooding the earth, and that's pretty much what's going on now. And uh, we're getting major hurricanes and, and some of the planets underwater as it is now. And the major earthquakes, that's another dead giveaway. You know, in the last 15, 15 years or so, 10, 15 years, the earthquake uh, in the area has, has advanced. You know, the, the globe is shaking. You know, Mother Earth is really telling us that it's pissed off and <laughs> something is about to happen. So all these things have been prophesized, you know, as far as the mind calendar and biblical scrolls and, and ancient scrolls and, and people from long ago, they're talking about what we're witnessing today. And I believe that we're going to see the final outcome of it here in the next few years. Not only do I, you know, am convinced of it because, you know, I, that's the only thing that I can think of right now is why are we seeing so many UFOs now? Because, you know, I was born and raised here in Phoenix, and when I was a kid, we wasn't talking about UFOs and, and flares and lights in the skies and stuff. But all of a sudden, in, in the start of, of 1997, the chances of seeing a UFO in, in the Valley of the Sun has increased ten times over. So something is going on, and as years progress to 2012, more and more of these things, you know, will be here, and there's going to be a, a big chance that someone's going to see one because there's so many here. It's going to be real easy to see one in the next few years. Now, do okay. you think there's going to be any uh, catastrophic event on 2012? Well, there's a lot Maybe of theories on this. Up. Maybe that's why they're right. showing up, you know, so much now. That's right. You know, that there's so many theories on what could play out, what could be the, you know, the end role of this. You know, through the act of terrorism, you know, the, the Bible talks about two-thirds of the earth being destroyed. You know, it talks about this, this antichrist coming down and, and actually, you know, being himself a god and having all these powers. You know, all this stuff I think we're going to see very soon. And it's, in my opinion, it's it's not a good thing. It's going to be, you know, in a way, neat that we're living in this time period because we actually get some answers that we're we're not alone, and we'll actually find out where we come from. But in the same token, this, there's going to be a lot of uh, a lot of downfall to this also because you got to look at the history. You know, look at look at the Mayan temples for for instance. They were sacrificing people on a regular basis for what they were seeing in the sky, for their serpent god, you know, so I think this is what they want to happen again. I think they want history to repeat itself. They're not here to help us, because if they were here to help us, then 
the government and the people out there monitoring this would say, yes, ET's here and they're going to help us cure cancer. But because they're not saying anything, you know what, rumors have it that in 1997 when the Phoenix Lights happened, President Bill Clinton went into hiding underground for over an hour. So the government knows, you know, what these things are here for, and they're monitoring the situation. Now, in my opinion, as soon as they see one of these creatures pick up a coyote or pick up a person, they're going to inform the president that it's time to go hide because they're going to be picking up the rest of us. Yeah, the the thing is, uh, the other part of that headline with Bill Clinton was that he was hiding with Monica Lewinsky in a cigar. <laughs> I believe that. <laughs> That's the only difference. Now, you know, it, it, you you do make it some good points, though, uh, Jeff. And one, you know, thing that, uh, you know, I, have you seen the movie Knowing? Have you guys seen that movie? Um, not sure. Refresh uh, my memory. With, uh, with Nicolas Cage, it came out about a year ago. It was, it was a really creepy movie. It was about a, a kid who got a letter that was taken out of a time capsule. And this letter had a bunch of numbers on it. And then when they started looking at the numbers, the numbers actually pinpointed certain dates where catastrophic events would happen on the Earth. And it actually led up to the point of the end of days. And the reason I bring that up is because of the, the way the film depicts the end of the world and depicts the uh, the beings that kind of save the few that uh, they heard the the calling as they call it in the movie uh it's very similar to the, the the stuff that you're actually depicting even the crafts in the movie are very living organism like which yes you know, i have seen that film which leads me yes. to believe and, and also the aliens look angelic they even when they actually become uh light beings they become angelic looking with wings and everything but they're made out of light and it i mean it's really reflective a lot to what you're talking about and, and correlates a little bit i think it connects to what you're talking about and the you know the crazy thing about it is that you know hollywood has a knack for kind of telling us what is going on through the movies through it's yeah movies. that's right that's right you know one thing i could say on on that film is you know when, when a biblical artist or, or someone tries to say that he saw something flying in the sky, he, he'll put wings on it, depicting it flying. It's supposed to let the interpreter know that this thing is, is flying because it has wings. Right. Not that it literally has wings, but it, it, it's flying in the sky. So right. when I see an angel or, or some kind of humanoid and it's got wings on it, it's just the artist trying to tell the, the person that this, this type of being flies. You know, so it doesn't really have wings, but it it does fly, and we're supposed to interpret it that it's flying. Amazing stuff, Jeff. We we have to have have you back on the show here, uh, you know, soon, and definitely when you have some video stuff uh, that you can join us on the uh, video show. I'd love to have you on there, like we said. Uh, it's been a pleasure to have you on. Can you do me one more favor though before we let you go for the night? Sure. Me one small favor. I need a bumper from you. I need you to say this for me. I need you to say this is Jeff Woldwine from Petroglyphs in the Sky, and you're listening to Skywatchers Radio. This is Jeff Woldwine, and you're listening to Skywatchers Radio, and I messed it all up. <laughs> Should we try it again? We'll, take, we'll do another take. We'll do another take. I mean, I want, I want okay. you to get your, your website address in there so we can you know, plug that. So give it to me one more right. time, and go. This is Jeff Woolwine from PetroglyphsInTheSky.com, making sure that you tune in to Skywatcher Radio for the best paranormal show on the Internet. That'll work. We'll take cool. 
Jeff, thanks a lot, man, for, for being on here. Dan, any last questions you want to ask Jeff here before we let him go? Oh, yeah, actually, Jeff, um, and I think that they had asked you this a bit ago, but uh, I um, had some stuff going on over here. When are you planning on uh, on doing some more tours again? Are you going to be doing that this fall or next winter? Well, I'm thinking as soon as it cools down, probably around October. So it's October, about, all right. Get, we, yeah, yeah, I'm going to try to make it out there October. and see you again, dude. Definitely. Sounds good. You'd be great seeing you again. Yeah, definitely, man. <laughs> we got a lot to catch up on. <laughs> Cool. That's guys, right. it's, been, it's been an honor having both of you guys on here. Dan, I hope you become a fan, and we'll see you here every Friday night at 10 p.m. on Skywatch. Oh, Radio. every Friday at 10? Oh, most definitely, dude. I'll every listen Friday. In. Yeah, you got shows cool, yeah, every, man. Yeah, we hear every Friday at 10 we're here, and uh, every uh, Monday at 10 o'clock we're here also. Uh, that's the video show that we do on Monday nights. Cool. Sounds good. So Sounds great. Back. Thank you come so back much. Come and join us. And, uh, thank Jeff, you so again, much for having me. Thank you so much for being on here. Thank you so much for being here, brother. And uh, we'll definitely be in contact, and we'll talk again. Good. Sounds great. Thank you for having me. All right, I'm going to let you guys go now for the night. And uh, guys, this is Skywatchers Radio, and this has been Mr. Jeff Woolwine. A great interview. A really nice guy. I'm glad to have had him on the show. Uh, Rick, cool interview. I thought. Yeah. Yeah, I enjoyed it. And, of course, uh, I have some differences of opinion in his interpretation, but that's okay. That's what we're all about, differences of opinion done civilly. Yes, indeed. That's how it's done on real radio, folks. Yeah. Real radio. Now, we are going to be back on Monday night. We're going to have a regular Skywatchers Radio TV here on PSN, the Paranormal Soup Network, which is really just had his maiden voyage tonight this is the first yeah. the first time we broadcast on the PSN network it is kind of cool and it's kind of cool and it can only get better I, I, <laughs> god I would hope so <laughs> god, now we had so we had a couple technical glitches but our producer will get that straightened out I'm sure yes uh, he will I mean yes I will him I, <laughs> exactly him I, I am him it's not as bad as what happened to me and poor DCS on Sunday night show. On, on yeah, Jackson. that that was that was a mess, oh, but it was it still ended man. up being a good interview. At least the part that actually went out. The very small part that actually went out, unfortunately. But uh, I will definitely have DCS back on. She's a great, great lady, and yes, she is. Might be uh, there. Might be some uh, further developments on DCS and the PSN network. Stick around well, for that, guys. Like, again, yeah. Stick around and check out the website, ParanormalSoupNetwork.com. Absolutely. And I can't let them go without plugging Unraveling Secrets. Tomorrow night, midnight Eastern, we have a very special guest, H.K. Egerton, and he will tell us a bunch of the hidden history of the war between the states. Yeah, I know, that seems strange, but it's actually very fitting with Independence Day. So tune in. PeoplesTVNetwork.com, Channel 1, Midnight, Eastern. See you there. Nice. And before that, if you guys have you know a little bit of time, at around 10 o'clock p.m., just like tonight, uh, on the Tenacity Radio link, I'm going to be on there with Terrell Copeland, another very interesting person in ufology who is uh, an alien abductee. Check that out. That, that's on TenacityRadio.com, or you can just go to the Paranormal Soup 
network.com click on the tenacity radio tab that is right under the listen to audio shows and uh, you'll be able to listen to me and mr terrell copeland and we're going to be joined by my guest co-host mr jamie havican from uh, florida of course right right from here from the psn network so guys we'll catch up with you tomorrow Yep, and yep, then, yep, uh, yep. we'll see you guys on Monday on Skywatchers. Yep, yep. Keep looking up. Yes, indeed. Take care, everybody.